Hello, hello, hello. My name is Courtney Turner, and you are listening to Bluegrass Community Foundation's Do Good Radio Hour. Today's guest is the very reason why I get to host this podcast every single week and go into an office that is fun and full of life and wonder and change and all of the great things that I value. She is a dedicated leader in our community, a fearless leader at BGCF, and a magically outstanding human. And I don't just say that because she is my literal boss, but she is my literal boss. She is the president and CEO of Bluegrass Community Foundation, and I am so excited to have her on the show today. Here is Lisa Atkins. Courtney, I'm doing exceptionally well today. It's a really great day. It's been a very full day in our office. We just got back from the Town Branch Park groundbreaking. How was that for you? It was really exciting um, and very rewarding because it was the culmination of so many years of work by so many people. And um, as you know, um, the Community Foundation was really involved in the incubation of Town Branch Park and helping take it um, from a concept to what it is today, Mm -hmm. which is um, a really exciting 10-acre park in the heart of downtown Lexington that's going to serve not just the city, but visitors and the region um, that has raised more than $39 million. Crazy. And that's, you know, that's due to the hard work of a lot of people, but but in particular, Town Branch Park, which uh, rolled out of the Community Foundation um, in at the start of 2020 into its own 501c3 and really took on the heavy lift of, of the fundraising and the extensive planning. And so it is always a great day at the Community Foundation to see something that we had a hand in incubating or a project that we invested in or a project that one or more of our very generous um, charitable donors invested in. When you see something come to fruition, it is a great day. It was such a celebration. It was beautiful out there. It was packed. They had ice cream and pizza. It was fantastic. So I get to see you most days. But I feel like I don't really know the the way back story. So I kind of want to start there. Can you tell me how you found your footing in leadership and kind of how you got to where you are right now? 
Sure. Well, it um, goes back to Kansas City, Mm -hmm. uh, which is where I'm from. Um, Grew up in Kansas, um, in a suburb of of Kansas City. And um, uh, that's probably two way back. But the point (laughs) is, I have been in Lexington and in the role of president CEO of Bluegrass Community Foundation. It'll be 14 years Mm -hmm. in October, which is hard to believe. But I spent my professional career prior to that time in Kansas City. And the most meaningful part of that, uh, affiliated with the Greater Kansas City Community Foundation, um, where I was for 13 years. Mm. So when you put my time there and my time here together, um, it's 27 years working um, in the community, you know, with community foundations or for community foundations. Um, And so um, anyway, in terms of sort of finding my way as a leader, it really went back to, um, I mean, it goes back to high school, but um, at the University of Kansas, oh, I know I hate to say rock chalk Jayhawk, (laughs) but how can I help myself? Uh, Where I went to, uh, where I received my undergraduate degree and my law degree, I was student body president and... um, and engaged in a number of leadership activities um, throughout high school and college and and law school. And as a young attorney in Kansas City, um, really found you know so much um, satisfaction in getting um, in diving into um, a number of nonprofit organizations and board service. Um, and ultimately, um, that led me to the Greater Kansas City Community Foundation because I just made. Um, a really, I think, both strategic and honest decision <laughs> that I wanted to spend my professional time um, in a way that I found as satisfying as I was spending sort of my personal, mm-hmm. you know, volunteer time. And I wanted to marry those two things into a career. Um, best decision I ever made. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I so as a young professional in Kansas City and ultimately uh, working for the Greater Kansas City Community Foundation, um, it afforded me so many um, opportunities for leadership and for personal and professional growth. And uh, when my family relocated to Lexington, that led me to this opportunity at Bluegrass Community Foundation. And I feel like it was um, you know, the best decision we ever made. Mm. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between your experience in Kansas City and your experience here? And I'm not really sure if I'm, I don't want you to say that we're better or anything, but what was that experience like kind of stepping into the CEO role in Lexington just coming from Kansas City? Well, having spent 13 years at the Greater Kansas City Community Foundation, which is, you know, it's very, very different today than it was then. (laughs) Um, But there was a great leader at the Greater Kansas City Community Foundation. Um, Her name was Jan Kramer, and she grew that from really the very start of that foundation to, at the time she retired, I think she'd grown that into a community foundation that was incredibly robust, that had more than a billion dollars in charitable assets, and that had its hand in so many um, major civic and philanthropic mm-hmm. um, activities and contributions in Kansas City. And so I really feel that when I came to Bluegrass Community Foundation, it was an opportunity to take, you know, the best of what I learned um, in the 13 years that I was there Um leave the stuff that Mm -hmm. you don't want to replicate when you get to do something uh, that you're in charge of, uh, and to really make sure that it all made sense in the context of Lexington, which 
has a lot of similarities to Kansas mm -hmm. City. I mean, I will tell you, it always felt very home-like to me from the beginning mm -hmm. because the topography is very similar. I mean, Kansas City in terms of, you know, sort of the beautiful landscape and yep. the rolling hills, it is not a flat place. It looks very <laughs> much like Lexington. The weather is very similar mm -hmm. to Lexington being a four-season place. Um, there's a really high quality of life in Kansas City like there is in Lexington. So those things were similar, but it's it's a much, much bigger place, mm -hmm. right? Right. Uh, and, and so um, what was... So yes, was it different? Absolutely, it's a it's a much larger community, um, but you know, Lexington has so much to offer, and I just think about all the ways the community has um, transformed itself and is continuing to transform mm -hmm. itself over the fourteen years I've been here, and that's what excites me so much about the future. Mm. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. What has changed in your fourteen years since being here? You know, I was, uh, you know, reflecting on our time this morning uh -huh. together at uh, Town Branch Park's groundbreaking. You know, I think uh, between uh, now uh, Transportation Secretary for Kentucky, Jim Gray, mm -hmm. who spoke, former mayor of Lexington, and Mayor Linda Gordon, who spoke, I think they described the changes really well. Um, even since in the 14 years I've been here, some of the things that we highlighted, that were highlighted today that are new, would be the Legacy Trail, mm -hmm. um, would be Town Branch Commons. Uh, they talked about all the new things that have happened at Charles Young Park, including Splash, which the Community Foundation mm -hmm. was really involved in. They talked about um, uh, Town Branch Trail, they talked about Isaac Murphy Memorial Art Garden, talked about the, you know, relatively newly renovated and refurbished Rupp Arena and the Convention Center. And when you think about uh, Phoenix Park, which is coming online, which mm -hmm. is next for renovation along, this, along the spine of Town Branch Commons, and when you think about all of those improvements and changes, uh, one, it makes me think about um, the community foundation's focus in terms of the in development and investment in equitable green spaces mm -hmm. and public places. And there were not many of those things that I mentioned that the community foundation perhaps didn't have its hand in one way or the other. Right. Some, we were much more involved. Some, it may have been facilitating charitable investments. But all of those connected assets really move Lexington to the next level. And I really think the community's just getting started. But, you know, I do today really, you know, brought that up to the front for me. Mm -hmm. um, and hearing, as I said, you know, uh, Secretary Gray and Mayor Gorton speak about that, um, it just rings how true and how different um, the community looks physically in just 14 years. Mm. And before we move on to future talk, I want to go back for just a second to your time in Kansas City. And I just left the Leadership Lexington orientation last week, which was so fun. But a lot of people and I had conversations about being a quote unquote outsider in Lexington. There's a lot of ownership when it comes to being from Lexington and you kind of feel out of the circle when you're not like born and raised here. You don't have the big blue stamp. It, it's just not a part of your fiber. So can you recall the first time and maybe that was a place, maybe that was an event, maybe that was a person where you felt like this was home for you? Well, that is a challenging question, <laughs> Courtney. You know, it, since it's been 14 years and to think about the first time, um, 
I will say, you know, I think maybe that aspect of Lexington is changing. Yes. And I remember when we were um, getting ready to move here and um, my husband had connected with someone from Lexington Mm -hmm. uh, who now lived in Kansas City, and they had noted that, you know, not going back seven generations in (laughs) Lexington, they said, you're never going to be invited to Mrs. So-and-so's derby party. Hilarious. And we thought, well, we can live with that. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) We can live with that. I don't know if that is so true anymore. And when you think of the number of people that you meet just daily, to day that are so involved, that are doing great things, that are interesting, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, are not native Lexingtonians. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with that. Um, but, you know, I just, I do think there's something about people who um, make the decision to live here from yep. all over Kentucky, who move here for a whole variety of reasons from around the country or around the globe. And I really think it's that diversity of experience, of background, of um, experience that makes our community so interesting and dynamic. And so I know I did not answer your question, <laughs> but, you know, I'm just— um, I'm just not sure. And I think, you know, coming right into my role um, 14 years ago as president and CEO of the Community Foundation, you know, I think that gave me a bit of an advantage of Mm -hmm. feeling at home. Um, But, you know, maybe it was really when the Community Foundation, probably more than 10 years ago, you know, we moved to a space in the Woodland Triangle, um, uh, 499 East High Street, stop by and say hi. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, we really created that space for us as a a staff and a board and how we wanted to represent ourselves to the community and we're on the ground level. We're on the first yes. floor. We wanted to be really welcoming to the community. And in fact, we welcome in community groups and visitors and charitable people mm-hmm. all the time into our space. And you know, so maybe it was, you know, having that space right. that we that we co-created and co-designed, which um, may have been about, you know, three years mm-hmm. into my journey in Lexington. That really helped, you know, Yeah, that really helped me feel at home. Get some roots down. So let's talk about what the future looks like. So one, where do you see Lexington in, let's say, five to 10 years? And where do you see BGCF kind of working and growing together in that future plan? Well, I think one of the things I'm most proud about is how we really grow generosity at mm-hmm. Bluegrass Community Foundation and how we really put an emphasis on engaging the whole community in charitable giving. So, you know, I think sometimes people think to to be charitable or to be a philanthropist, you know, they have to be Jeff Bezos. Right. <laughs> you have to have billions and billions. Correct. And that is great. And if there are any billionaires out there listening that want to talk to you. That's right. That want to partner up with Bluegrass Community Foundation. We can help make your charitable giving more impactful. I guarantee it. Yes. But what I love about what we've done at the Community Foundation is we really lean into the community part of our name. And so we work with um, just a broad array of the community, just all kinds of doers and givers that are doing good. And I think about our Good Giving Challenge, which Mm. you're such an important part of, Um, but that's a viral online giving campaign that we uh, launch on the 
first Tuesday after Thanksgiving every year. It runs for four days in 2023. And, you know, it's raised now almost $20 million for um, hundreds of Central and Appalachian Kentucky nonprofits. And I mentioned the Good Giving Challenge because you can get online and give $10 or as much as you want. Yep. Um, one of the primary reasons we do that is obviously to uplift our local nonprofits and give them a platform for giving. But more importantly, we want to give everyone a way um, to give away as little as $10. Right. Uh, and that's not the only way we work we, that we work to try to make uh, charitable giving very accessible. But I think it's one of the easiest and best ways mm -hmm. because anyone can give from their mobile phone or they can write a check or they can... Um, Okay, I take that back. They cannot write a check. No checks. <laughs> that, no checks. But <laughs> but they can give right online from their yes. phone, from their desktop, from you know, from work, from home. Um, and we're just the goal of that is to make giving you know viral and fun. Um, and so you know, I love that about mm -hmm. you know working with the community. And then the other thing I'll say is, I mean. Our office is in Lexington, Kentucky, but I think it's really important for folks to know that Bluegrass Community Foundation serves all of Central Kentucky yes. and a pretty good chunk of Appalachia, Kentucky. Mm. Um, and we do that in a lot of ways, but we have charitable fund holders, you know, across 31 counties and um Eastern Kentucky. We have charitable fund holders all over Central Kentucky and really sprinkled around the state and around the country. Uh, but even like with the Good Giving Challenge, mm -hmm. we have givers from most Kentucky counties. Yes. But we actually, you know, have givers from, I think, last year, 48 states yep. and a handful of foreign countries. Yep. So we're excited about making giving fun and accessible and simple, um, absolutely for people in Lexington, mm -hmm. but for folks across Kentucky and um, as far as uh, as far away as they are, <laughs> uh, if they want to join us in you know in one of our activities to make Kentucky an even you know greater place and to support and uplift our nonprofit community that does so much great mm -hmm. work every day that directly impacts the quality of life that all of us enjoy. Mm. What is your biggest dream for Bluegrass Community Foundation going forward? Well, I don't really have um, a ceiling to my dreams <laughs> about Bluegrass Community Foundation. You know, I mentioned that at the time I moved here from Kansas City, you know, the Greater Kansas City Community Foundation had a billion dollars in assets, and I'm sure by that point, you know, had given away, you know, um, hundreds of millions of right. dollars in, in grants. And, you know, that's the dream. I, I really believe, and I think Town Branch Park, you know, showed us today where um, it raised, you know, more than $39 million mm -hmm. uh, in private funding to make that Park Conservancy possible, um, and stay tuned for a ribbon cutting in about two years. So 2025 will be the ribbon cutting on that project when we can all enjoy it. But I think that showed that there is no limit yes. to the amount of community generosity um, that we can enjoy. And so, my, you know, my dream for the Community Foundation is that we keep growing community generosity, that we keep making incredible projects and opportunities possible, uh, and that. Uh, our communities, and that is definitely plural, mm -hmm. that our communities that we serve um, across the region, uh, which of course includes Lexington, that they continue to um, grow and um, transform and realize their potential because of what this community generosity um, unleashes. Mm. 
And I know I gave you a list of questions, and this is the last curveball I'm going to throw you, but it's a really easy one. If you are meeting someone for the first time and you could tell them one thing about BGCF, what would you tell them? What would you want them to know? I would want them to know that if there is something charitable going on, if a person or a family or a business or um, a group of people are trying to accomplish something charitable, mm -hmm. whether right now during their lifetime, during their lifetime, or after their lifetime, um, through a charitable legacy, that Bluegrass Community Foundation is here to help them. So basically, to sum all oh, that was long, but to <laughs> sum that up, if it's charitable, we do it and can typically make it more effective, make it more impactful, um, and can accelerate, you know, the activity. So I guess what I want folks to know if it comes to, you know, if it comes to charitable giving, you know, check out Bluegrass Community Foundation first and see if we can help you realize your charitable dreams. BGCF.org. <laughs> That's right. Okay, every episode we like to do BGCF Fast Facts, which is where I'm going to ask you a list of questions and without thinking about it too much, you're going to tell me the first thing that pops up. Are you ready? I am ready. What are you reading right now? Right now, I am reading a very funny book called Feral Covington and the Limits of Style, oh. recently reviewed in the New York Times book review, but I read it before I oh, read the review. Trendsetter. And it's one of my, uh, one of the funniest writers I've ever read, Paul Rudnick. So if you enjoy funny, uh, and um, it's funny, and it's funny, this this book is set in New York. It is set uh, in Wichita, Kansas. And, oh. and, and anyway, it's intriguing, <laughs> but it is super funny. So Farrell Covington and the Limits of Style by I Paul Rudnick. I love it. What are you watching right now? So, all right, our family is late to the party, but <laughs> right now we're watching Only Murders in the Building. <sighs> and I know everybody loves it. And somehow we were watching everything else besides that. Yep. And so we are still in season one. Yep. And what I love about that is we still have season two and three to go. So exciting. And we are enjoying that so much. Um, but the other really great thing that I'm watching right now is a Australian series streaming mm. on Netflix called Fisk, F-I-S-K. And it's just, I don't know, you get a little bit of the office vibe. Um, and it's just six episodes, but it's quick and it's funny. Oh. And it's about this woman attorney who sort of starting her life over. And uh, her last name is Tudor Fisk. I and she goes by that. Fisk. That makes me so... Fisk. Fisk. And it's on Netflix? Okay. On Netflix, I'm pretty I'm sure. i write it down. What are you listening to right now? Ooh. Um, you know what? <laughs> we just saw the Barbie movie, <laughs> which I loved. Yes. And I love the Indigo Girls. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so fun that they're so cool now. Yes. Uh, so I'm listening to the Indigo Girls. I love. What are you eating right now? Ooh, well, since it's August, uh, watermelon and tomatoes. Uh. And we just got the best watermelon from the Lexington Farmer's Market mm -hmm. uh, and the best tomatoes from our colleague, Kristen Tidwell. Oh, my who gosh. Who has grown yes. so many. Did you have her tomato pie today? 
Ooh, no. She made a tomato pie. It was delicious. Okay, hopefully tomorrow. It was so good. Now, you're also a watermelon and feta gal. I am. Yeah. Watermelon, watermelon, feta, little lime juice, little toasted pumpkin seeds, mm. maybe a little, a little, um, uh, sort of cut up mint mm. into the mix. Yes. Delicious. What are you most scared of? Ooh. Well, there's a lot of scary climate things going on right now. And, you know, I think about, I guess I think about, um, you know, friends and family in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And I think about, you know, what is happening um, in Maui. And in particular, what I will mention is the Hawaii Community Foundation has a disaster relief fund right now um, for um, all the folks on Maui that were so, um, you know, devastatingly impacted. So if folks are looking to do something, and I know so many people are, and they're thinking, where's you know yeah. a great place to put my charitable support and get it to the people who need it most in Maui, um, I'd recommend the Hawaii Community Foundation Disaster Relief Fund for Maui. Yes. And if you need a direct link for that, you can go to BGCFKY on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and all of our the, the link is in our bio and in the comments, so go and check that out. What are you most proud of? Well, I guess personally, probably most proud of my daughter, no. Nell, who just gradu- graduated from college, and um, she was at Smith College, and, you know, she was one of those pandemic, yes. um, those pandemic college students. So, you know, she persevered and kept on course through all of that, which I know was not easy and, Mm-mm. you know, was remote for a year and a quarter um, and still really thrived. So personally, super proud of her and her accomplishments and um, what she's working to achieve next. And, um, you know, professionally, um, I, I, we've talked about it a bit, but I really do think it's what the community foundation has achieved in growing generosity, um, and, you know, all the impact that has, um, really rolled mm-hmm. from that. Um, but particular as I think about it, that equitable greens, you know, the impact yes. we've made with equitable green spaces. Um, and just a couple of weeks ago, we helped uh, the mayor cut the ribbon uh, on Splash at Charles Young Park, right on Midland Avenue, mm-hmm. um, uh, really right there in the east, you know, right on the seam of downtown Lexington yep. in the east end of Lexington. But I would say if uh, folks have not had the chance to go visit that all-accessible new playground at Charles Young, the gorgeous new restrooms, which sound funny, (laughs) but how often are park park restrooms gorgeous, (laughs) Yes, Uh, and the incredible new splash pad that is also such um, a memorial to Brigadier General Charles Young of Kentucky. Uh, Check it out. It is wonderful. And I will tell you, it just puts a huge smile on my face every time I walk or Mm. bike or drive by and see so many children um, playing at Splash. And there's shade. So if you're needing a shade break, there's tons of shade. There's shade. There's incredible seating. Yes. It's got it all. It's a great time. Now, who do you look up to? You know, I I really... um, 
I really think about my grandparents and my great-grandparents mm. um, who all immigrated to the United States. Mm -hmm. And I think about, um, you know, not speaking English and really as children, yep. um, children or babies. Uh, and I think about just the perseverance and the sacrifice and the hard work to really provide such an incredibly rich life mm. for their descendants. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, you know, I look up to all that that took them and mm -hmm. their parents to make that decision to um, immigrate to a new place for a better life. Mm. Did you have the opportunity to know any of them, your grandparents, I, your grandparents? I, I knew my my dad's father, so okay. my, my paternal grandfather, yeah. and he immigrated from Russia mm. as, a, as a young boy. And... Um, and then the others I did not yeah. know, mm -hmm. um, but they immigrated from a variety of places in Eastern Europe. Yeah. What are you most looking forward to? I'm looking forward to, you know, I think, you know, I talked about climate and uh -huh. one of the things that scare me, but I'm also looking forward to like all the creative solutions yes. and all the creative problem solving that I am confident that is coming. Yep. Um, as I look at that next generation of young professionals like yourself, Courtney, mm -hmm. and all that you're going to do for the world, um, it even when there's some scary things, yes. um, I just think about you know, new energy solutions and new climate solutions. And um, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm, you know, um, I'm looking forward to the innovations and the solutions and the improvements um, that will, you know, impact all of us in the best way. So mm. that's what I look forward to. Mm. Why do you love our community? Ooh, so many reasons that I love, um, you know, Lexington and Kentucky. I will say that, you know, I mean, obviously you're struck by the beauty. It's the yes. first thing as you drive or fly in, you cannot be help, you know, help but sort of be awed by that. Um, I'm also really... Um, I love the generosity of our community. Um, I loved the engaged residents that really respond and initiate and do things to improve, um, you know, the places that we mm -hmm. love that we call home. Um, and uh, again, thinking back to the groundbreaking this morning, um, I love the way our community is continually trying to imagine um, a greater future and reimagine itself as it really works to become even more welcoming and it works to become, you know, more inclusive and engaging and dynamic and to have a stronger economy. And um, yeah, I just, I'm always thinking about the possibilities um, and the way we can reimagine ourselves to be even greater tomorrow than we are today. Mm. Why do you love yourself? Ooh, well, <laughs> yeah, when you play that game about like what's one word that describes you, yes, and oftentimes I use the word relentless. I love um, that, and so I guess I do love that. Uh -huh. I, I I do not give up, <laughs> and I do not. Yeah, a no is just yep. a maybe that is not a yes yet. Gotcha. Uh -huh. So, um, and I'm optimistic. Mm -hmm. You know. It doesn't mean there aren't challenges or things aren't scary, but um, I am definitely glass half full or yes. maybe glass, you know, 82% full at all times. <laughs>
I love 82% full. I have never heard that, and I love that. So this is usually my last question, but I've got one more for you right after this. But what are some things that are on your radar? What are some things that you want people to know and look into? Give us all of your goods. Oh, there are so many, um, you know, great things uh, coming up. Um, so coming up at the Lexington Public Library uh, that I think will be of great interest is um, an exhibit that starts um, later this month called Undesigned the Red Line. Mm -hmm. And it takes a deep dive into the history and the impact of redlining, uh, home ownership, or the lack thereof, depending on if you were black or white um, in Lexington, Fayette County. And so it's an interactive exhibit that is... Um, has all the facts, but also has lots of personal stories, and that's getting ready to launch um, later this month. So um, I think that's a really great opportunity. Mm -hmm. Also, in partnership with the library, there's going to be a community-wide read of a book called The Color of Law, uh, and it, too, is really considered like the seminal nonfiction book yes. that um, describes in great detail. So that's a warning. It's very—it um, even tends to be a little academic, yeah. but all the facts are there, so you can, you know— read the yes. parts that are most meaningful. Um, but I will also say there's a, a 15, you know, Google, Google the color <laughs> of law video version. Some people and, have condensed it. Yes. And you can, you can see about, I think it's about a 15 minute video yeah. that hits the high points. There's executive summaries available of the book, uh, but there is going to be a community wide read and ongoing discussion about the book. So check that out at the Lexington public library. And then um, to really, you know, cap all of that off on October 20, 24th, uh, the Community Foundation, in partnership with the University of Kentucky Office of Community Engagement and the Lexington Public Library and many other community partners, mm -hmm. we are bringing in the authors of The Color of Law and uh, Just Action, yeah. which is a companion book to Color of Law that really looks at. Uh, so we all recognize that redlining is um is a historical thing that yep. happened yep. and that impacts our communities still today. So what do we do about it right. if we want to change the impacts of historical redlining? And so uh, that's going to be a free community event on Tuesday, October 24th at the UK um, Gatton Student Center mm -hmm. in the Warsham Theater at 6.30 p.m. And uh, it's free to the public, but you will need a ticket. So um, sometime here in the future, there'll be a lot more <laughs> promotion yes. about that. But the tickets are not available yet. But that's something I'm really looking forward to um, later this fall in October. Yes. And, of course, Good Giving Challenge coming up in November. Yes. No <laughs> Tuesday, November 28th, will be the launch of the 13th annual Good Giving Challenge, Ooh. Lucky 13. And so we invite the entire community and beyond to, you know, find one or more terrific nonprofits that are deserving of your support and investment and give $10 or as much as you want. But Let's see um, if we can top last year's number where we raised a little more than $2.5 million. Yes. Now, this is my actual last question. Have you ordered a walking pad for your desk yet? <laughs> you are my hero and who I aspire to be like uh, now that uh, now that you have the standing desk and the walking yes, pad. I'm getting but um, yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Are you still liking it? I'm still loving it. It's the best. Best decision ever. All right. <laughs>
I'm on it. Lisa, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for building a team that gives me an opportunity to do things that I love. I really appreciate you. I love this job. I love this place. And it's all thanks to you. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for inviting me onto the Duke and Radio yes. Hour. Well, you'll have to come back next. Next year is Big 15. So you'll have to come back for that. That'll be great. Amazing. See you tomorrow. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Do Good Radio Hour, brought to you by Bluegrass Community Foundation. We'll be back next week right here on Radio Lex, or you can listen to us anytime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY, or visit us at BGCF.org to stay up to date on all of the latest giving and do good opportunities in our community. Until next time, I'm Courtney Turner. Do good and be well. You are listening to the Do Good Radio Hour on Radio Lex, WLXU 93.9 LP FM Lexington. Our theme song is Happy Tune, written and performed by Brother Smith. The views expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views of Radio Lex, its board of directors, or Bluegrass Community Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own and the guests'.